Now, it's time to put it all on the table through mediation. Your host, Teresa E. Keeves, is a professional mediator, here to educate, inform, enlighten, and inspire everyone about the great benefits in the process of professional mediation to resolve conflicts, disagreements, and disputes relating to business or personal matters. Now, here's your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Happy New Year to all of my listeners out there, and good day to all of you out there as well. I am so excited that I'm about to bust. This is Teresa E. Keeves, your talk show host for Put It All on the Table Through Mediation. As I was just saying that I'm just so excited that I'm I'm about to bust, I'm just uh, filled with excitement. I'm very happy, and I'm so enthusiastic for this year. And uh, I just feel so blessed. I feel that something great is happening um, um, to me and, um, and to our world uh, this year. I'm confident. I, I feel loved. And I'm just all open and receptive to all that God is blessing me with today and throughout my life. Now, so how are you guys out there? How was your New Year's celebration? Did you have fun? And did you go out and things like that? Um, I didn't. We We, of course, stayed in. Uh, we don't go out to New Year's Eve parties and things like that. Um, we just like to stay in so that we can just be among ourselves and most of all be safe. And just like I know that you guys were safe too. And didn't, um, 2015 go fast and now it's 2016. Oh, that's probably going to even go faster. Now, you know, just a little bit of, of a note. The weather here in Arizona is kind of sunny. Um, but not really, you know, like for the last few days, I was just discussing with my engineer that um, they're going to have to call us just the valley, no longer the valley of the sun. Um, as I have said on my previous shows, you know, like today is the high is going to be 55 with a low, low of 35. For us, that is definitely burr. Okay, guys, my show topic today is what is fueling the rage in America and what part can professional mediation play to diminish it? My guest today, she is an attorney in the Virgin Islands, and her name is Terry Griffiths, and she's a great friend of mine. And also we have mental health therapist, and his name is Reginald C. Campbell, and he is my fabulous brother. Now, both of these individuals are return guests on my show, and I'm very pleased to have both of them there because as they are very knowledgeable and uh, they're just great guests, and um, I'm very happy to have them kick off my 2016 year um, here with uh, on TalkZone.com Internet Radio. Okay, now, my guests will be joining me shortly. However, it is shout-out time. Now, I want to give a shout-out to the police officer in Albuquerque, New Mexico, who rescued this beautiful little girl this past Monday. The police officer's name is Officer Chris Poshia. The story was reported on the news media, and it stated that the little girl was a victim of a carjacking. And it says that the officer, as he was driving around, you know, um, for a few hours, and then uh, about 1 a.m. in the morning, he noticed a ball of purple in the parking lot, and it was a little girl in her purple coat sitting there crying all along in a dark parking lot where the stores were closed. He approached her asking her if she was okay and he took her and put her put her in his car and he turned the heat on and gave her some blankets so that she could warm up. 
Well, there was no notice of, uh, you know, according to the report of any, you know, anything else around her, any, any objects or anything, with the exception of a cross with the green ribbon on it. Now, once she was reunited with her mother, she said that her, she, the mother said that the child's grandmother had just given the girl, the little girl that crossed that morning. And the police officer, he himself is a parent. I do believe that he has um, about two little girls. And he said that afterwards he just broke down and cried. You know, he said that, you know, it was a hard day's work, but he said that he was satisfied with the job well done. I just think that's a beautiful story. Although I was saddened, but I was very touched by this story as it truly lets me know that God is in control. Now, I have one more shout out, and that is to our president, President Barack Obama, and his show of compassion and concern for the terrible and tragic deaths that are caused by gun violence in our country here, particularly as of late, and particularly with our kids, and how he spoke so eloquently and compassionately about the need to invoke more stringent laws that will help to prevent people from acquiring weapons so effortlessly. And I'm so on board with that. Okay. Now I am done with my shout outs. So let's get to it. I have uh, quite a bit uh, that I, of important matter to discuss. I'm going to bring my, my guest on uh, quite early actually. Now, as I stated earlier, the topic of my show is what is fueling the rage in America and what part can professional mediation play to diminish it? Well, my first guest is attorney, um, is attorney Terry Griffiths. Now, she earned her Bachelor of Science in Criminal Justice and worked as a probation officer and a parole officer for two different states before attending law school. After practicing law for several years, she earned a master's in taxation degree from the University of Florida while working as a staff attorney for a federal judge. And recently, she served as acting attorney general for the Virgin Islands until a permanent replacement was found. She continues to advocate for implementation of restorative justice concepts, dispute resolution in the schools, all the way through the criminal justice system. Interaction between the offenders and the community victims reduces recidivism and minimizes the cost of warehousing criminal offenders. The costs are much higher than the 80000 per year to house each prisoner. Wow. Good morning, Terry. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing just great. How are you doing? Well, it's sunny in the Virgin Islands, too. Oh, Okay, well, we're out. it's not sunny right now here in here in uh, Arizona. Now, I want to bring on my guest, my next guest. He's a very frequent um, guest on my show. His name is Reginald Cedric Campbell, and I refer to him as the world's greatest mental health therapist. Now, let me give you some of his credentials. He has 20 years as a psychological caseworker, juvenile court experience, clients with substance abuse. He had, he is certified BSM-5 Diagnostic Statistical Manual, Certified Trauma Therapy, Certified Child Welfare Caseworker, Certified Mental Health Professional, and he has a Master's in Clinical Mental Health Counseling. He also boasts 10 years of experience in dealing with the beginning, middle, and ending stages of HIV 
and he is a member of the American Counseling Association and the Psychological Association. Good morning, Reginald. Hey, good morning, all. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Terry, in the sunny Virgin Islands. (laughs) Sorry about that. I didn't realize I wasn't paying attention, I guess. So it's not sunny there. No, it's not. The, the the sun came out just for like a little bit just to let us know that he was the sun yesterday. And then he kind of went away. <laughs> that was he it. Then, yeah, he yeah. He'll, he'll be back. He's just taking a little vacation, uh, you know, a little beginning of the new year vacation, but he will be back. Oh, I'm I, I'm sure he will. <laughs> Well, listen, I want to thank you both for being on my show, and I want you to know that it's really appreciated. Okay, now, this is the my show's description um, for you and my audience out there. Um, I said that this year we will be electing a new president, a new commander-in-chief, who is hopefully fueled with love and positive ideas who will interject mannerisms of how to help the citizens of this country see their dreams to fruition such as completing college, maintaining gainful employment, and buying homes for their family, for example. Now, hope continues with the predecessor of this great country to lessen the rage and the violence that seem to have taken a stronghold on our citizens and to expeditiously implement the best plans associated with peace and love for how to get along with our allies and one another. Now, my question is for the both of you, and I'm going to start with Reginald, okay? Now, Reginald, according to a 2014 report from End Times Prophecy titled Anger in America, Program to Hate, one of the items states the following. Political discourse took a decidedly angry tone in the 1990s, and it is only intensified. And it says no longer were there merely political disagreements in America. Now they took on a bigger than life meaning. No compromise is fine with Christianity, but in politics, it is a battle cry to hide behind. Nothing much productive has gotten done in D.C. since. For some odd reason, there always seems to be enough agreement to get the things done that most Americans don't want done, however. Now, according to the statement I just read, how bad, Reginald, do you think the political tone in this country is and what effects or effects is it going to have, do you think it's going to have, with our voters as we are heading to the polls this November to elect a new president? You know, I think that... uh the unfortunate thing is our politicians are touching on the lowest common denominator. They're, they're scraping the, the bottom of the barrel uh, with, with hate and fear, and they're running on hate and fear. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, this isn't something new. This is something that Richard Nixon implemented in his camp- presidential campaign in 1968, mm-hmm. which, is, which was the Southern, which was known as the as
nicknamed him Tricky Dick because of all of the the underlying vile things that that he would say. Like, oh, it you know really has to be hard on a woman to run for for office. You know, mm-hmm. so, so those little underlying things. But unfortunately, with the Republican candidates we have now, especially with Donald Trump, it's not underlined. It's out there. It's out there. Full, full in in his form, um, and 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 everything, you know. Uh, there, uh, uh, Terry, let's hear your take on what I just said. Well, the current um, political, if you can call them, debates and exchanges that make me physically ill, frankly. Um, but I think there's a second part to the story. The more extreme a politician is, the more outlandish the statements they make, the press sensationalizes that. They get more press, and the American public seem to be buying it. It's like reality television, and it's pretty sickening. I hope there's plenty of people out there who, but we have to turn the sets off. Otherwise, it's going to keep spiraling. But it's it's truly disgusting. Yes, and I mean, it, they're going after one another, you know, and, and piggybacking on what... Um, Reginald has said about Richard Nixon and how he acquired um, his his uh, nickname of, of Tricky Dick. Um, and, and thank you for that 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 history, uh, Reginald. Um, but all of this is definitely still playing out in the particularly in the uh, Republican Party. And the thing that gets me is that um, too many people you cannot say that no one um, doesn't like it because there is a lot of people who have come out and 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 said how disgusted and how demeaning they are even among themselves you know they're like a bunch of they're like a bunch of animals a bunch of wolves you know like once you you know they're just out there you know and once once the animal you know has eaten up everything that he could eat up then they start eating up themselves you know and this is this is how they are now um there was just a brief um uh, report on Donald Trump now he's going after uh, Cruz or whoever you're talking about, he was born in Canada. He shouldn't run for president and this, that, and the other. Um, he forgets that his wife is, is not, uh, she was not born of this country, you know, and so somebody could say, you know, hey, is your wife born of this country? And, you know, and they could start digging in, digging in his past. It's not like he was, you know, the best, uh, uh, person either. And I just, I just think it's bad because it takes away so much of a beautiful thing of, of electing um, someone who's going to over oversee the people in this country. And as I said before, all of the other countries, um, you know, are looking and listening to what this great country is doing, you know, but, now. But the, and, and, you know, the hypocrisy is just overwhelming. I mean, just just the simple fact of what Donald Trump is doing and saying about Ted Cruz and Ted Cruz and the Republican Party, they fanned all of this. Uh, birther nonsense with, with the president. Yes. So if all of this birther, if, if Ted Cruz and the Republican Party wants to say that, oh, well, it's not an issue that Ted Cruz was, was born in Canada, that his mother is a naturalized citizen, then why all of the stuff with the president? With the president, now, John exactly. McCain was, John McCain was born in Panama. Mm-hmm. So he... You know the hypocrisy is just out. It's just it's it's it's, it's out. It's 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 ridiculous, isn't it? It's like okay, 
well, this is what we could say, but you know, this, this is what we will, we'll do over here, you know, so, you know, we could just act, act uh, as crazy as we want, you know, you know what I'm saying, Terry? Yeah. And unfortunately, while everyone's taking pot shots and making personal attacks, we're not talking about the real issues. We're not talking about unemployment. We're not talking about the budget. We're not talking about the prison population. We're not talking about education. Um, all of that, all of the things that should be at the top of the, the top 10 things on the list are not even being discussed. Yeah, I mean, they're not. Yeah, yeah, they're not even being discussed. And the also crazy thing about it is, 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 a, is conversations that my brother and I have, um, as, as we're talking, um, among ourselves is that he is Donald Trump is straight out there telling you who and what he, he is going to be should he be elected. He thinks that, that, that you make too much money, even if you're making $7 an hour. He, you know what I mean? And, and it's just amazing that he thinks that 1% of the, of the populace in this country can hold up this country. You know, I just think, I'm just going to say it. I just think that it's, um, very demonic, you know, um, um, in, in every shape, form and fashion of how he talks, how he acts and, and, and how he goes after, uh, people and, um, in particularly, you know, in particular women. Now we're going to, um, be taking a break in about a minute, but I want to, Read something and then we'll discuss it when we come back from break. Okay. Now on this same article that I pulled up, it says, in fact, Americans have been programmed to hate Reginald and Terry. They said that they've been programmed to hate somebody or something for decades. This has been going on for centuries. And I agree with that. Now program to be angry began out the World War II, this article says, but it got started in earnest during the 1960s with the anti-war movement. So many hippies pretended to be righteously angry. Many of those angry hippies, guys, are helping to run the country today, and they still, for the most part, are angry. Now, my question to the both of you, you can answer this uh, when we come back from break is that do you believe this statement, and I want to start with you, Terry, when we come back, do you believe the statement that the angry hippies of the 1960s are the ones that are fueling the anger in this country? I think that 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 is a very interesting question. There are a lot of people that are of the hippie generation that are in uh, Congress and I, I would, I, I can't wait to hear what you guys say when we come back. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Do you know that bullying in the workplace and in our schools, whether it's grammar schools or high schools, is becoming more and more prevalent? This includes the rise of verbal abuse and physical abuse to our senior citizens. As a matter of fact, bullying is on the cusp of becoming a dominant occurrence in today's society. For example, CareerBuilder.com survey of 2012 noted that about 50% of all workplace bullying goes unreported. And NBC News reported that bullying statistics of 2013 for senior citizens is on the rise in America. And that statistics for bullying-related incidences in our schools, well, unfortunately, it is on the rise. If you find yourself being bullied in school or in the workplace and you need someone to help resolve your differences with professionalism, fairness, 
impartiality, and given a platform to be heard. Give me a call. Professional mediator Teresa E. Keys at 480-283-7270 or email me at Teresa at mediationtalkshow.expert. Now it's time to put it all on the table through mediation. Here's your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Thank you all for returning with me and my fabulous guest, mental health specialist Reginald C. Campbell and um, Virgin Islands attorney Terry Griffith. And before we took break, guys, I was posing a question to my guest, and um, I was talking about that Americans are programmed to hate something or somebody, and this has been going on for decades. And the question that I that I said, and Terry is going to be the first to comment on this, is that do you believe that the angry hippies of the 1960s are the ones that are fueling the anger in this country as this article is saying. Well, while I was on break, I had to laugh at that. I, I think that's pretty far-fetched. And my opinion is angry hippies aren't going to make it to Congress or the Senate. Um, I think hate's coming from somewhere else. I think we feed it through our media. I think life is so much more complex. And, and children growing up do not get dispute resolution skills that that were taught when, um, I think, before television and things like that, before movies. But, you know, we're in a violent society, so it's even more important to teach those dispute resolution skills where we learn those in church and we learn those at school and we learn those at home, and that's lacking. Um, hate, I I don't think there's one source. I think it's multifactored, of high stress in society, lack of skills, and... I think we bought a bill of goods um, that we didn't get, that we were entitled to all kinds of materialistic things, and we lost sight of values that are more important than things. That's mm-hmm. my two cents. Yeah, absolutely. Reginald, what do you think about that? Well, I, I think that I don't, it, it has to, you know, I, I can't agree with what Terry said. I, I don't think we could, you know, covered up with the whole blanket. Sure, there have been some hippies who have um, um, bought into the stuff and, and became the right-wing Wall Street types. And, hey, nothing wrong with Wall Street types and all of that. But I think it's just individual. Some people, this say Sonny Bono, who was popular with Cher in the, in the 60s, and then in the 80s he became this right-wing Republican type. And here's the guy dated Cher when he was when she was underage and had sex with her when she was underage and then he became this right wing upstanding moral majority Jerry Falwell type. So, you know, hypocrisy there. So I think mm-hmm. it becomes I think it's uh, just on an individual basis. And I think one yeah. thing taking taking God out of the school has has been a detriment to our society if a child does not learn it at home as they were able to learn something about God and and so when that was taken out I think you know that was one of the many things that has uh, started our society on the great downhill then a lot of people just realizing in the 60s and 70s that you know we, we were lied to we were just absolutely lied to 
and they became angry, and some people became angry and did something. Others became angry and decided not to participate. So I think it's, it's really on an individual basis. I think it's on individual basis. Now, uh, speaking of a uh, lie to, what what are the couple of things that you feel that uh, we were lied to about, Reginald? Well, one of the things we were lied to about was, well, let's just go back to, to the Vietnam era. Uh, mm-hmm. um, with, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, with um, napalm bombs that were used to uh, bomb North Vietnam and South Vietnam. And we would have these commercials of, of Reynolds wrap and the mom in the kitchen and she's wrapping the food with Reynolds wrap. Well, then you discovered that Reynolds was the company that was making napalm to drop on people. So, mm-hmm. you know, again, hypocrisy, hypocrisy there. Um, we were lied about the war in Vietnam in 1970 when Richard Nixon said, oh, there are no American troops in Cambodia. And as he was making that speech, American troops were in Cambodia. And Mm -hmm. so um, Richard Nixon tried to undo a lot of the things that President Johnson passed for for civil rights. So it then with the assassination of Bobby Kennedy and Martin Luther King, Mm -hmm. um, Malcolm X, Megan Mm -hmm. Ever, you know, we could just go on down the line. Go on down the list. And the, the, the sad, the, the sad thing, um, um, you know, guys, is that, you know, unfortunate, and I, and I have said this on my, my program many times, is that we haven't learned anything because a, a lot of what you have talked about just now, Reginald, is still going on today. You know, the Vietnam War, you know, was what, 40, 50 years ago or whatever, and they're still doing the same thing and they're getting the same results. The thing is, is that it's more of us. The thing is, is that um, piggybacking on what the both of you have said is that, you know, that we are not being taught dispute resolution. Our children are not taught that. They want to take God out of everything, even on the money. Um, uh, people do not, I'm saying this, people do not gather together in the evenings and have dinner together with their children and talk. Rather, they stop at McDonald's. The, the parents freely give them money. Here, here you go. Stop at McDonald's or whatever on your way and eat an unhealthy food. And not only that, I'm going to make, make sure you're unhealthy because I'm not going to very, I'm not going to have a, a conversation with you, um, you know, afterwards because I'm going to trolley off, you know, and go and go to the gym or go to the shopping centers or go out with my, you know, girlfriends or my guy friends, you know, and, and view a game or whatever. And I'm not going to sit down and talk to you. All of these things are, uh, indicative of our society and the mess that it is in now. And also, you know, with the, with the, you know, with the anger that, 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 you know, has definitely, you know, uh, uh, seemed to have encompassed our society. Um, what do you think about, uh, what I just said, Terry? I agree. Um, I think there's an addiction to materialism. There's a book written by Tom, and I apologize if I'm mispronouncing his name. He's from California. Shadrach, S-H-A-D-Y-R-A-C, I think. And he also did a documentary, and take take what you can use and leave the rest, but it's called I Am, and it's the addiction of the American culture to materialism. And when we do that, when we're addicted to things, we work harder and harder to get more and more, and we've been promised happiness if we just have that certain pair of shoes or that house 
for that car. And in the meantime, our children are growing up without it, you know, with the two parents who work or one parent working and, um, you know, our values. We've lost our values along the way somewhere. But he yeah. defines it as a mental illness, materialism. And, you know, when people work hard and they accumulate more and they find out, you know, happiness, I didn't get the happiness I thought I, I was entitled to, um, I think, you know, that makes people angry. And it makes it difficult to exchange, you know, neighbors are angry at each other, parents and children are not effectively communicating and, just, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and exactly. And, and that's what I'm saying. Communication definitely is a big factor that has been lost among um, um, us human beings, Reginald. You know what I'm saying? We you know, we we don't talk to each other. And then when we do talk to each other um, in, in a lot of instances, it's with anger. You know, and then, of course, as you being a mental health specialist, you would know that that anger um, is is not necessarily that you're angry with that person. But that anger is I just feel that our society has lost our way. We could clearly see the um, the, the the destruction, um, of, you know, of, among um, uh, each other. And, and and I just think that is bad. But but uh, the thing is, is that uh, what I was saying, um, guys, before we had that little um, uh, uh, interruption is that, you know, that, you know, that the whole thing is that families just that are not families um, anymore. You know, it, it it's OK if you do whatever it is that you do in front of your children, um, not in front of your children. Um, you don't support your children because you don't support yourself. Because that's something that uh, a, a very good friend of mine told me a long time ago. You can't give somebody something you ain't got. So if you don't have the 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 loyalty of knowing that you need to support yourself, and then you can, because your any is your Audi, and then that way you can feed that to your your loved ones and things like that. You know, so it's just, you know, it's just we're just a lost society right now. Now that brings me to my next. Uh, question, Reginald, and I would like for you to chime on this first and then Terry. Now, Reginald, you and I have discussed in a lot of our personal conversations again over the years, the nasty things that comedians say about one another or well-known individuals, for example, you know, and they're just not funny. Now, mm-hmm. they will they will take someone's pain and turn it into a laughable moment. That is just plain mean, in my opinion. And this article says that comedy clubs really took off in the 1980s and in the 1990s. And they brought the idea of angry humor into every village and town. Now, Americans learned to laugh at anger, this article says. And Americans were taught that anger was funny. In fact, the quote, all comedy is based on anger, was treated as if it were true. I am I am just saying that it is like, you know, uh, Rachel and Terry, like, you know, we are on the continuum of desensitizing the audience, you know, continually about what I just said. Now, today, now today, you know, people um, do think on a large scale, in my opinion, that it is the norm, Reginald, to be mean and ugly. And so, you know, and then you have the road rage and you have the mistreatment of children, you know, our veterans, our elderly. So, Reginald, you know, I'd like to hear your thoughts. You know, I think there's a microcosmism of, of, of our society, of, of being mean, that, that being mean is okay, that it's 
you know, again, just look at our at our political system. The people that are rough running on the Republican side, the Donald mm-hmm. Trumps, the Ted Cruz's, the Chris Christie's, you know, all of these ugly, nasty things that are being said, like Terry was saying, no one's talking about the issue. And exactly. we have issues in this country. And, you know, but the, the other thing, they can't talk about unemployment being a 10-year, 15-year low. They can't talk about gas prices being a 10-year low, but that's another thing. I, I digress. But to me, comedy does not come from someone's pain. You know, a friend of ours, Al, who we've known for years, we talk and laugh about a lot of things, and it has nothing to do with anybody's pain. There are a mm-hmm. lot of comedy comics like Don Rickles, who I, I think, for, for my money, is the best comedian in, in, in history. He can make you laugh without talking about someone's pain, without being mean, without saying four-letter words. But our society has just become numb to pain. Mm-hmm. And we have these popular video games that kids watch and play. And what is it based on? It's based on shooting someone. It's based mm-hmm. on selling a car, Grand Theft Auto. I mean, mm-hmm. Come on, what happened? Yeah. And that and that has just that Grand Theft Auto has just migrated into so many so many crazy other other parts. You know what I'm saying, Terry? Yes, I do. Um, you know, going back to to people making comments for pain, I have two two additional um, things to add. The Pope's New Year's resolutions, the first one was don't gossip. And in addition to don't gossip, when somebody says something negative, shut it down right then and there. I mean, because if we won't listen, it mm-hmm. doesn't encourage gossip or, or any kind of negativity. And as mm-hmm. consumers, I think we have a responsibility to, if it's on television, shut it off because we're very powerful as consumers. If we say we're not going to tolerate it, we don't want it in our home, we're not interested in it, and we shut it off, it it doesn't sell. But the next comment I was going to make, and I was talking to a friend of mine just this morning, is Facebook blogs. It has given a new platform to negative people and people who make vicious comments about others on the Internet, which lasts forever, and they don't think Mm -hmm. about it. But it's almost like entertainment or both. Um very disturbed about Facebook blogs. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, and this is what I'm saying, you know, about Facebook, you know, people go, oh, are you on Facebook? And I'm like, no. Well, why not? I don't want to be on Facebook. That's, I, that's not what I want to be on. It's very negative, And I don't want to associate myself with Facebook. Now, I will tell you that when I was um, uh, uh, you know, some years ago when Facebook came out and I had a lady who was doing some marketing for me and, um, I found out that she had put, you know, my company at that time, um, on Facebook and I was furious and I told her, I said, take it out. Oh, I can't do it. I was furious. I have never gone on Facebook. I'm not going to associate myself with Facebook and, and, and you have children, um, on Facebook and, and what is that, that, uh, Instagram, which is becoming, uh, quite popular now. Um, and, and, uh, you got people who are bullying, um, each one another saying nasty things, uh, uploading, um, uh, pictures, 
um, of, of individuals, you know, as they do something, even something as simply as falling down and, and maybe they hurt themselves. And that's supposed to be funny. You know what I'm saying, Reginald? I don't think that is funny at all. No, 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 it isn't. And I have clients who I tell get off of Facebook because they get on Facebook and they see what their ex is doing um, and some mean comments that this person has has made about them. Um, and I tell them to don't allow their children to, to, to be on Facebook as well. Uh, because the children are exposed to a lot of mean things that are said to them also, you know, which mm-hmm. has is, is, such a negative effect on them. I don't think a 7, 8, 10, 11, 12-year-old, 13-year-old, for that matter, definitely needs to be on Facebook. Exactly. And how many kids have been bullied via Facebook? And, you know, one young woman last year committed suicide because, because of the bullying that she was experiencing on Facebook. Yeah. And everything is like, it's, it's okay. But like Terry was saying, you know, on, on the small scale, people have to say, you know what, I'm just not going to tolerate this. If you bring a negative joke to me, or you're saying something negative to me about somebody, I'm not going to participate in it. Mm-hmm. So I can't stop it from the large scale, but I can stop it from the small scale around me and maybe those who are around me and, you know, that, that, that I love or care about. So if people would stop it on the small scale from where, from where you are, that can have a positive effect as well. Yes, and, and, and Terry, and the, the whole thing, too, um, is, you know, what is, you know, parents are no longer parenting, you know. There's no way that my parents or as, you know, with my children, I didn't know what they were doing, who they were talking to, what they were writing and, and so forth and so on. Now, now it's like, oh, you know, they're, they're kids, you know, and this is, this is how it is today. And, you know, no, it is not how it is today. That's not the way it's supposed to be, you know, but we're going to take a break, um, here, um, and, uh, and, and, but when I come back, you know, I want to ask you guys, I'm going to ask you guys a question that we can discuss it when we come back. And that is that now that we have discussed all these anger issues that are associated with our country and our citizens, any ideas on how to fix them or ideas that you would like to see your representative in Congress, you know, bring to the table for law? We're going to discuss that when we come back. Do you have disagreements with your landlord regarding your home or apartment that you are renting? Or have you fallen behind in your HOA payments and you cannot reason with the HOA Association for resolution of your issues? I can assist you. I am an independent professional mediator. My name is Teresa E. Keyes. Give me a call at 480-283-7270. Or email me at Teresa at mediationtalkshow.expert. You do not have to litigate your disagreements. They can be professionally mediated. The process of professional mediation is an effective, efficient, timely, and less costly method for resolving your disputes. Please give me a call for a 0283-7270. You're listening to Put It All on the Table Through Mediation with Teresa E. Keeves. Thank you all for returning with me and my fabulous guest, Virgin Island, Virgin Island attorney Terry Griffiths, 
and mental health therapist Reginald C. Campbell. Now, uh, before uh, we took break, um, guys, we were uh, after we have now discussed some of the issues going on um, in our world. Um, my question was, you know, do you have any ideas, you know, like one or two ideas that you can um, uh, quickly, you know, you know, state, you know, to me and my audience of how what it is you would like to see, you know, um, your representatives do even in Congress or any ideas that you would have that you could implement to, you know, that you would like to, that you could implement yourself, you know, to, to, to curtail some of this that's going on out here. I know that we're not going to get rid of all things that are bad, you know, but we can, we can start. So what are your, what are some of your ideas, Reginald, for example? You know, I, I think we need to hold politicians accountable. Because mm-hmm. politicians work for us. We don't work for them. They work They work for us. And we need mm-hmm. to hold them accountable on the things that they say, don't say, do, and don't do. Mm-hmm. Dr. King says that no lie can live forever. And a perfect example, and I have to go back to this, a perfect example is the lie that the Republicans said about the president, that he's not one of us, he wasn't born here, we want to see his birth certificate. And now what is that happening now with Ted Cruz? Exactly. The lies that they said about the president is now, okay, now, now we got Ted Cruz dealing There you go. So no, lie, yep. so no lie can live forever. Another mm-hmm. example of that is in Cleveland where there were, there were people wanting LeBron James to sit out games and, you know, to make a protest oh, about gosh. what happened, you know, to the mm-hmm. young man there. LeBron James is not a politician. LeBron James' job is to win games for Cleveland, is to sell cars for Hyundai and, and, and Nike shoes. That, that, that's what he does, okay? You mm-hmm. have representatives who represent you in that district, and they're the ones who need to stand up and say, you know what, this isn't right, this is what we need to do. So I think we people need to make their politicians stand up for what's right, Mm-hmm. On their on their junk, and I commend the president for the other day of the things that he said about gun violence. And exactly, like that, they have to be done. The Republican Party wants to sit there and do nothing. They want mm-hmm. to do nothing. Oh, he wants to take our guns away. No one's taking your guns away. Okay. Oh, he's shedding crocodile tears. I don't think what he was feeling and what the people who were present with the president when he was making that speech, some of the parents of kids from Sandy Hook, you know, I don't think they thought that those were crocodile tears. Exactly. We need to hold our politicians accountable and not Mm -hmm. be prostituted by the NRA and other organizations because Mm -hmm. they're contributing money to your campaign or money under under the table to you. So again, they work for us. We don't work for them, and nobody needs to be in there 10, 15, 20, 30 years. If you haven't done something in 20, 30 years, you need to go. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Terry, let's hear your take on this. I agree politicians should be held accountable, but I think the only way to do that is find out who their corporate financial donors are and boycott those corporate financial donors. 
because I mm-hmm. think the most powerful platform we have in the United States is consumers. Consumers exactly. who come together and say, we're not buying your product, you're not a responsible corporate citizen, because the corporations are telling the politicians. I mean, they're dictating what the politicians are doing. So the only way to hold them accountable, don't vote them back in, but boycott their political sponsors. Exactly. I I totally agree with what both of you had said. And, you know, particularly with um, uh, making the politicians responsible. Um, you said that, um, the both of you said that very, uh, eloquently. And as I said, I totally agree with that. Quit allowing these individuals to be in office that are not doing good things for you. You have them telling you that they're not going to help you on social security. They're, they're not, they're not going to help, you know, the veterans. Why are you voting people, these people in? Are you that hateful and therefore that blindful of what, what is going on because of whatever it is that, that you have going on personally that's affecting your life? I also feel, uh, guys that the families need to re-invoke on a higher scale of being families again. Not like it was before, because if you want to keep getting what you get and keep doing what you're doing, you have to do better than before because the world is a whole total different place now. We need to put demands on ourselves, therefore put demands on our children and, um, and, and the educational system, um, in our country. Um, I also, um, agree with what you said, Terry, about the consumers that, that makes me, um, uh, think about the boycott that was, uh, that went on with the bus strike in, in, um, Birmingham, Alabama years ago. And they brought that bus company down to his knees. So consumers do have the power to change things if they want to see real change. Okay. Separate the hate from the, from the change. All right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay. We have, you know, we're, 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 we're running down on time here and I want to, Bring something to the table, um, um, here. Um, now, do you, do you think, now let me ask you about, uh, what, you know, what part, you know, very quickly, what part can mediation play in, in some of the stuff that we talked about? And I just wanna, I just wanna throw out, um, like, um, Terry was talking about the neighbor to neighbor disputes. Um, mediation plays a great part in doing that. We don't need to have neighbor-to-neighbors disputes. We need to learn to get along with one another. You know, this is why every time I hear them, you know, like Lyft has now gotten $500 million to team up with General Motors as they're going to help individuals to, um, you know, acquire uh, cars at a cheap base so that they can be Lyft drivers, but also to embark on this driverless car thing. We need to learn how to get along with one another. Not, 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 it's not just that, but just that one thing. How in the heck are we going to be having driverless cars when our minds aren't even there yet? You know what I mean? So, um, how, what, what part do you feel, uh, Terry, that mediation can help, um, uh, in, in, in some of the, in one of the things that we talked about this morning? Well, it gives, um, individuals an opportunity to discuss their dispute on in a, a neutral territory. And when, especially when the dispute is emotionally charged and you have someone who is impartial and objective, um, they can help both sides articulate 
um, what the problems are and whether they can be solved and point out even different alternatives without it spiraling into a scorched earth, um, you know, attack campaign. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Little things can often turn into big things if you're not able to until it, you know, if you, if you can't say this is my problem with you and, and this is what I'd like to do to solve it and the other side say, well, I can't do that, but I can do this. Some people don't have that ability and, all people, let's face it, when it's something that's um, an emotional charged issue, you sometimes you need a third person to step in. Exactly. And and this is something that don't need to be clogging up our court systems and, and you know, things like that, um, you know, uh, with, with I'm going to sue you and I'm going to take you to court and things. You know, I mean, come on. There's so many other things that court judges need to be um you know, uh, uh, bringing litigants uh, forward so that they can make resolution on versus somebody's tree is growing over somebody else's uh, back fence. Um, your thought, Reginald? If if we don't talk, nothing happens. And communication and the art of conversation is a wonderful thing. It's, it's a beautiful thing. And mm-hmm. the art of conversation has stopped wars, brought well, let me say this. The art of conversation has stopped wars and prevented wars. The art of conversation has brought families back together. The art of conversation has given uh, different uh, societies, you know, ways of, of working together and living together. So the art of conversation is a, is a beautiful thing. Not talking mm-hmm. does nothing. Not talking mm-hmm. allows that divide to continue. Uh, people mm-hmm. didn't want the president to speak to Iran. And now, but, but by not doing that, he wasn't able to come up with this wonderful agreement, which prevented a war. Uh, the president is going to visit Cuba sometime this year, and we reestablish relations with Cuba after 50 years. Mm-hmm. Over 50 years. What has yeah. happened over 50 years by not talking, and some politicians want to continue that? What what has happened by not talking? Talking but now by Ex- talking, diplomatic relations open. People are, will now will be able to visit their loved ones that they were able to visit in years. Trade mm-hmm. is going to happen. You know, money is going to be made, and all of this is is happening and going to happen by talking. Exactly. Communication is definitely the key, Terry. You know what I mean? When people cut themselves off from communication, this is why I'm such a proponent for um, the the profession of mediation because it gives individuals the opportunity to state what it is, to put it all on the table, what it is that they want to say. They're given a platform to be heard, and if they have the right um, professional mediator such as me or you, we allow our clients that. And and I know that you are a lawyer too, but you know I'm just a very big proponent um, for you know the the process of mediation and particularly now. People really need to, we really need to talk and, and, you know, and communicate, you know. Now, I have, I have, we have about three minutes, but I want to bring something um, to the attention of the both of you and, and my listeners very quickly. And uh, it's an article 
that um I I came across and um I heard it from um the uh, this gentleman by the name of Fareed Zakara. Uh matter of fact Fareed Zakara, he writes a foreign um affairs post um for a uh, column for the post and is also the host of CNN's Fareed Zakaria GPS and a contributing editor for the Atlantic View Archive. Now he has on his website America's self-destructive whites. And he says, why is middle America killing itself? The fact itself is probably the most important social science finding in years. It is already reshaping America's politics. And uh, it, mil- it notes that people who make up this cohort are largely responsible for Donald Trump leading in the race for the uh, Republican nomination for president. Um, the other article that I would like to bring uh, to your attention is called Rising Morbidity and Mortality in midlife among white non-Hispanic Americans in the 21st century. And it's written by Ann Case and Angus Deaton. And it is an exceptional, uh, you can go uh, to the website and download it, download it, you guys. It's an exceptional uh, piece. And I think that, that, um, you know, uh, it, you know, you should read it as many people read it as possible. It will educate you. Um, you know, deeply in, and giving you, give you some openness of what's going on in our country. Um, it also talks about, uh, uh, black Americans, how they have just succumbed to, to the, to the angst and things of this world. But now that brings me to say very quickly, you know what I'm going to say, guys, right? I thank you for having, um, uh, for being on the show. I thank you uh, so much for your comments. Um, your, your, your education, uh, that you have brought forth to me and to my listeners. And, um, I, I'm just, I, I know that you're going to be on with me again, right? Down the road somewhere this year, correct? Sure. sure Terry? Lisa. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoy these conversations, as I said, um, particularly in this year where we are embarking on the, um, the re-election of a president, people need to have their their um, heads opened and educated, and and they need to wake up uh, to you know to ro- to realize what is exactly happening. Okay, so now on the end of that, I'm going to say, be kind to yourself, be kind to one another. God bless you, and I'll see you in two weeks. Take care. Mm-hmm.